Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Now, as you hear this, as you are listening to this, if our scheduling is, is right, I should have just got back from a trip to Italy. <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything about it because I'm, I'm a bit worried that this is going to come out at the wrong time and I'm going to spoil the surprise. So anyway, make sure you're, um, you're following my YouTube channel if you want to see the video that I make in Italy and you get to see me there in Italy speaking Italian after, after, a, a, uh, after a few months of studying with my, with my input-only method. It's been uh, extremely interesting. I'm going to dedicate... I'm going to spend quite a bit of time in the coming weeks, I think, to write up a comprehensive uh, blog post about <clears throat> my thoughts on um, on what I've done to learn Italian in this way, and uh, what that, how I'm, what lessons I'm going to take from that into into my other languages. Because having learned Italian this way, to quite I feel like quite a good level um, without really studying at all. Um in the traditional sense at least, has been quite an eye-opener for me. So I'm really looking forward to um, dissecting this and thinking about this in a bit more depth. Um, all right then. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. The wonderful italki. You know the deal by now. It's a place where you can find a language teacher, either a professional or informal tutor as they're known, so you can get language practice at a very affordable cost. And you take lessons over Skype, arrange it on your own terms. It's very, very flexible, very easy, and the best way to get regular speaking practice in the language that you're learning. You can get a free lesson by going to iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Okay, then let's hear from Maria for today's question. Uh, hello, Oli. This is Maria from Russia. And I've been learning French, Spanish, Portuguese for quite some time now. And I have a question concerning revision. So I don't really uh, like coming back to my notes and revising them. And uh, to me, this is quite boring and I'm not motivated to do it unless I have some reason. Uh, so my question is basically, how do I integrate revision into my studies? And how do I get motivated to do it on a regular basis? Thank you very much. Hey, Maria, thank you very much for your question. And what an interesting question it is as well. I don't think we've had a question exactly like this before. So, all right, then, with revision, you've obviously got so many options because, you know, revision is going back and reviewing the things that you've studied. So you have literally unlimited options for this. Uh, but you, you've mentioned a couple of really important points, which I think are the key points, actually, in, in your question, which is that it has to be meaningful and it has to be enjoyable. Otherwise, you simply don't do it. So I think what I'm going to do is just tell you how I am currently thinking about revision myself. Um, and then hopefully that will be useful. It's funny, actually. I remember in the very first course that I ever put out called Speaking Bootcamp, where I, I took people through a, a five-week process of going from never speaking their their target language to speaking it confidently. It was kind of getting people over that hump of speaking. Um, and uh, I remember delivering that. I delivered it live over a series of, uh, of webinars. And I kept using the term revision. And it seems that for those of you guys in the US and Canada, revision means something a little bit different than it does for us. Because for me, revision is just like how Maria used it. So it's going back and revising, 
you know, looking again at your study notes. But for Americans, in American English, uh, revision means changing something. So you go back and revise something. You revise your thoughts or you, you revise a paper. So I started using the word review instead because I found that was a bit more um, easily understood. But revision for me still is the correct word for going back and looking at your study notes. So I'm going to use that word here anyway. So how am I, how do I think about revision these days? First of all, like I said before, the key point is that it has to be meaningful, right? In the sense that you need to be confident yourself that it's working. I remember in my, my earlier days of language learning, just kind of going through the motions and going back and looking again at my notes and going over exercises because it just seemed like the right thing to do. But I really had no way to gauge whether or not the stuff I was doing was working. You know, did I remember all the vocabulary lists that I looked at again and again? Um, no. Uh, did I, could I speak using the, using perfect grammar, having studied it in exercises and books? No. When I look back on it now, I, I realize I wasted tons and tons of time. Because what I, I think what I know now is that revision can be extremely powerful and effective. And I can finish a revision session and know that I've really, um, I wouldn't say necessarily learnt something because it's always very difficult to know when you've learned something. But it can, I can at least be sure that my command and awareness and knowledge of that thing has taken a real step forward. So the way that I approach revision now is I never do anything unless I'm really sure that it's helping me learn something that I'm going to be able to use. I'm very pragmatic in that sense with revision because I don't want to waste my time. And just like you, Maria, I also struggle big time with motivation if it's something that I'm not, that doesn't excite me. The, I guess the other thing to mention is that when you're trying to juggle three languages, it gets tricky because you've got to learn how to prioritize your time. So I think that is, if that's an issue for you, Maria, go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes about, about learning multiple languages because I've got some, uh, some some thoughts on, on that. Here is the kind of basic question that I'd encourage you to ask yourself when you're thinking about revision. If you ever find yourself thinking, right, should I revise stuff now or should I go and do something new? The big question to ask yourself is, is this so-called revision time taking time away from actually learning the language or spending time with the language? That's the question, because in theory, you can do pretty much what I did with Italian, my Italian project over the last few months, which is do nothing but get more and more new content and trust that all these things that you don't quite know yet, that haven't you haven't learned properly yet, you trust that you will learn them over time and in the most natural possible way if you're spending lots of time with the language. Uh, that's There's a lot to this, I think. And often we learn a new concept, a new grammar point, a new vocabulary thing. This is a bit like actually what I was talking to uh, Ellen about in the last episode about supplementing university courses, right? If you're willing to live with a bit of uncertainty, if you're willing to live with a grammar point that you haven't mastered yet, and yet you keep going out and reading and listening, then you will eventually learn it. The thing of trying to in, sort of hammer it into your brain by studying the rules more and more and more is, uh, I think, not to be trusted. Because you learn stuff and you you master stuff 
ultimately by getting lots and lots of exposure to it. I think about the Italian that I know now. Like, so I, I, a fair amount of things in Italian I, I can say like pretty naturally. You know, I feel like I can talk in a fairly natural way, and a lot of it is instinctive. And that has only come from spending time with the language. So I guess we, we've got two different types of revision here. Type of revision number one is where you're going back and you're doing exercises in a textbook that are helping you to learn the thing. That's something that I hardly ever do. Um, Type number two, which I do a lot of, is going back and rereading or re-listening to a piece of content that I've already uh, been through. So I will often, you know, I've got a podcast or a video I've watched or a chapter of a book I've read, I will often go back and read it or listen to it many, many, many times because I find that every time I go back through it, I just pick more stuff up. I notice more things. Now, is that revision? I don't know. It doesn't really feel like revision for me. It just feels like input. I kind of put that under the umbrella of, of input. And my my main activity for Italian has been List finding content that I like and listening to it and reading it over and over and over again. So obviously there's an element of revision in that I'm going back through it, but mostly what it is is just spending quality time with content. And then I, I learn the things that I learn. Like I don't try to force stuff in. I just trust that if I'm spending a few hours a day listening to Italian, the right things will go in. And then the more I speak, the more I realize, okay, I want to learn a bit more of this. And then my brain will naturally start to notice that thing. That I think really for me, this is the gold standard is just spending lots of time with the content. I wonder, you know, if when people start to think about how to study better, how to revise better, how, what exercises to do, whether all, you, all you're kind of trying to do there is make up for the fact that you're just not listening enough in the first place. Because if you were, you'd kind of be happy with your progress. I don't know. I'm not, that's just, I'm just putting that thought out there. I'm not, I haven't thought it through particularly. Um, so, so yeah, so let's talk about then different types of revision, like things in between. On the one hand, you've got like going back through exercises. And on the other hand, you've got just more content. You mentioned notes, Maria, and like taking notes is a funny one. Like I'm sure if you ask most language learners, like how many notebooks full of notes have, have they got? They've got tons and they're all up in the shelves. I don't know about you, but I never went back and looked, just looked over my notes from lessons and things. And I think it's because I kind of knew it wouldn't work. It's that funny thing. I think when you know that something's going to work, you just tend to do it. But I, I would I would just take pages and pages of notes from, from lessons or speaking sessions or whatever, writing down new words and phrases. And I would never, ever, ever go back through those notes because it just I just sounded really, really boring. I wanted to do something else. So I'm not quite sure why I never did that, but I know lots of people do. Uh, kind of suffer from that, as it were. So the things that I started doing was that I I tried to... So first of all, I, I would make sure that I'm getting as just all of my study time really is going into content. I'm listening, I'm reading and doing as much of that as I can. Now, on top of that, to kind of just to make it a little bit more efficient, what I like to do is to to to, to pull out words and phrases and save them for later. Because I do find personally that if I save words and phrases in my flashcards, then 
I go back and I learn them because my flashcards are always with me in my phone. Right, so that specifically what I do is if I'm, let's say I'm reading something in Italian and I find a word or I find a phrase or an expression that I really like, I'll put it right into my flashcards and with the, with the English translation. And then if, if it's a piece of grammar that's, the, that's, that's really useful or interesting, I'll, I'll lift out that entire sentence and put that sentence into my flashcards. And then what I do is when I'm waiting for the bus or on the train or something, I'll just go back through those flashcards and just test myself on them. And what that does is it just gives me more and more and more exposure to that, that stuff I've, I've already seen from the book or from the podcast. So it's like, it's very integrated studying because I, I've already had the context or I've got the context from the book or from the podcast. And now I'm just going back over it. I'm already familiar with it. I'm just helping, giving my brain more opportunities to let the words and the phrases sink in. And I, and I am using space repetition for that. I do find it helps. I don't, I'm not doing a huge amount, maybe five, 10, 15 minutes a day. But what I find that by doing that, that just gives a little bit of focus and a little bit of direction and a bit of intentionality to my studying. Because what I find then is that when I go into my speaking, when I have lessons or I speak with a tutor, that stuff's in my head. I can, I can use that stuff then. And the great thing about that is you can learn vocabulary, you can learn expressions, and you can also learn grammar. All you've got to do is notice the things that are useful to you, that are that are nice, and, and you just got to have to take the time to stick them in your flashcards. And then you have the flashcards on your phone, and then you can very, very easily, anytime, just spend five minutes going through those. Now, Maria, you might ask, well, I wouldn't be motivated to do that. And that's often how people respond, right? But in my experience, if the stuff that you put in your flashcards is really useful and interesting, you're going to want to go back and look at that stuff again. And I, I find this like with Italian, there's lots of really cool expressions in Italian um, that, uh, that I hear those expressions and I think, oh man, I'd like to use that when I speak. I want to be able to say that too. And then when I know I've got this flashcard deck kind of full of really cool expressions. I want to go back and look at that. And even if it's just five minutes, like that's enough to kind of give your brain the opportunity to, to learn it. And if you're good with mnemonics and stuff like that, um, and you've got good memory techniques, then you, that it doesn't take very long to learn that stuff. It's quite easy. So the process really is number one, you start with lots of really interesting listening and reading, and you go back and you re-listen and reread to stuff a lot. Number two, you look at useful words and phrases and sentences from that content and you put it into your flashcards. And then number three, you review and go over those flashcards every now and again, a little bit every day, and then you use good, solid memory techniques to make sure that stuff stays in your head. That is basically how I go about um, learning and revision. If there's a particular grammar point that's tricky, I might do some exercises, but not much. I might do it once. I think in general, the way to approach grammar is by looking at the rules so you're familiar with them, but then spending all your effort in noticing how that grammar appears in natural language. Right? That's really, I think, the most, the most valuable part. All right? So I hope that's helpful, Maria. That's how I'm currently thinking about it. In your case, you've got to I, th I think you've got to think about the three languages you're learning and whether you can really efficiently do all of this in all of those languages. It might be better for you to prioritize for a while. 
up to you. Um, but yeah, that's how I'm thinking about it. Okay. Thanks for your question. If you'd like to ask me a question as well, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask, where you can leave a question like Maria did. And at the end of every episode, I'd like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, we talked about memory quite a lot. I haven't talked about it so much recently, but I realise, as I'm explaining this stuff to Maria here, you know, this, this idea about using content saving words and phrases and sentences that you like and then learning them that is massively powerful but you do have to have some kind of orientation and direction and and, and techniques in order to know how to make the most of that because it's very easy to just really waste your time with flashcards if you don't know how to use them properly and you know some people don't use flashcards they just use a notebook doesn't matter However you go and look over your stuff again, if you've got some some basic memory principles to work with, you'll find that stuff just sticks uh, so much quicker. So I have a, a program called Bulletproof Memory, which is a, it's a paid program, but it's a very comprehensive course where I walk you through five different uh, memory techniques or approaches to, to, to memorizing vocabulary in language learning. So if you want to go a bit deeper with your memory and... Uh, and learn the the most common techniques used by polyglots and, and language learners to learn new words and phrases and not forget them, then bulletproof memory <clears throat> might be something you'd like to look at. You can find it by going to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash bulletproof memory. Should be able to anyway. I'm going to double check that link. <laughs> but uh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. But I will teach you a language.com forward slash bulletproof memory. If you'd like to leave a comment on today's episode about revision, please do. You can find it at I will teach you a language.com forward slash episode 278. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.